It's time for the ESPN UP Coaches Show. Tanner Hoops with you, breaking down basketball all across Marquette County. We begin with Westwood, and we start on the girls' side with head coach Kurt Corcoran. Coach, coming off a big win at Iron Mountain on Monday. Let's start there before we transition to the Nagani game. Maybe a little bit of a slow start for your squad had to overcome some turmoil in the second quarter where Iron Mountain threw a few runs at you. They controlled the offensive glass. But after halftime, your team really found their offensive rhythm, come away with a 30-point win. Yeah, I think we Iron Mountain had showed us a little bit of a scheme uh, scheme or gimmick defense. Um, not sure if it was a triangle and two or some sort of matchup. Not uh, I, not sure exactly what it was, but it took a little bit of adjustment. Um, and just the girls had to get used to um, just moving the ball, being patient, letting the game come to them. Um, and and once we kind of figured it out and Maddie settled down a little bit, um, we got all the shots that we wanted. And then uh, as they were focused on Maddie and Tessa, Carly Patron was left open. And um, I think she kind of flew under their radar a little bit, and she ended up with a career night with 25 points, 13 rebounds, um, really coming through for us. So um, really exciting to see for Carly. Um, just another another dimension to our team that people maybe didn't know about, um, and, I, and I don't really think she's flying under the radar anymore. Well, you've had, obviously, a lot of attention paid to Maddie and Tessa, and I think Carly takes a little exception to that. And then Jillian Koski steps up big for you. When Iron Mountain got it down to six with less than a minute to go in the half, she knocked down a three-pointer and a pair of free throws and five points, came in a big time right in the final minute of the first half. But you've got all these dimensions, all these wrinkles that you can throw at a team. Where does this team compare as far as depth to ones you've had in the past? Oh gosh, this is uh, this is my deepest team. I mean, granted, we've only got eight total, but um, the the leadership that we've got, um, the the unselfishness that's on this team is is uh, unparalleled, really, with any other team that I've ever had. So um, I've had a, I've had a number of good teams, but but these guys these guys they take the cake. Um, it's they're they're fun to coach. They're very coachable. Um, they, they come to practice every day to to get better. They work every day in the off season. Um, you know these these girls are probably in the gym, and I'm not exaggerating. 330, 340 days out of the year, and um, this is what we this is what they live for. You know, and, and it's it's tough to find kids that 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 live this way anymore. You know, in the the instant gratification world, and um, you know at, when the season ends and these girls are in the gym the next day. Um, that's that's what you call delayed gratification, and um, it's nice to see that that all their hard work, months and months, and sometimes years later, it's, it's starting to pay off, and it's it's a lot of fun to watch. Well, Kurt, a few days off before you get ready for Nagani. Tell me how you spent the last few days of practice. Ah, uh, you know, nothing, nothing, a whole lot different. Um, you know, but but. I could really, I could give you the Bill Belichick answer, Tanner, and <laughs> tell you that it's just another game, and um, you know, be real boring with it. But, but to us, this isn't just another game. And, I, and if and if I was to tell you different, I'd be lying. And if, if I was to try to tell these girls, girls, this is this game is the same as the Menominee game or the Hancock game. It's it's not. It's Nagani. It's it's a rivalry game, and um, there's a lot of hype behind it. And and I don't. Every coach has their own philosophy, and um, but we're going to have fun with this. You know, I'm going to coach you a little bit harder this week. The girls are going to play a little bit harder. That's just the way it is because it's Nagani. And I have no shame in, in telling the media that, you know, this is, this is fun. This is why we're in the gym the very next day when the season is over. It's for these games. And, um, we're, I think I'd be crazy not to hype it a little bit. You know, you don't want them to come out and be nervous, but at the same time, I do want them to, you know, Understand the gra- I, I, I understand the gravity, but it's not even really. It's not. It is just another game on the schedule. But uh, as far as as far as what you work for, these are the games you really want to win. So um, you know, as far as practice goes, everything's mostly the same. Very routine. You know, we're not going to oh, we're not going to overthink this game, over scheme it. Um, you know, it. But we're going to play hard. We're gonna maybe probably play a little bit harder. So. Um, yeah, but practice hasn't been a whole lot different. Just, just the intensity's been up a little bit.
Talk with Kirk Corcoran, head girls basketball coach at Westwood. You already know you're going to play them in the first round of the tournament, so three of your next nine games are against this Nagani team. Does that affect the way that you go into preparing for them, maybe what you would show versus what you wouldn't the regular season? Nope. It's every, Again, that's all of it. Overthinking it and over-strategizing, over you know, coming up with all these different schemes. We're going to play hard all three games. And we're going to do what we do well. I'm not going to be worried about whether Abby's coming off a double screen or going to set a double screen. You know what? If we play good fundamental defense, they're going to be in the right positions to, to, regardless. And we're going to make the right switches when we need to switch. And we're going to fight through and trail picks when we need to fight through and trail picks. And that's what we're preparing them for. Um, if we start throwing in these new schemes that they're not very good at and they're not used to, that that's when you fumble over your own feet. So, um no, we're, we're just going to play good, hard, solid defense. Uh, we're going to execute offensively, take high-quality shots, and, and hopefully come out of there with a victory. Coach, uh, tell me about Nagani. What do they like to do as a team from what you've seen? Uh, you know what? They're, they're pretty simple this year, um, kind of conservative, but, but they do it very well, right? I mean, it's a lot of, a lot of down screens, uh, down screens followed by double picks and um, – you know, Abby Nelson, she's the, the total player inside and out. Um, she's a good facilitator. She talks. She's a good leader. Uh, and then between Karki and Bosco and Norman, um, all those girls are just, they're quick. They're real quick, uh, quick on their feet, quick with, quick with their hands. Um, and it's, uh, they're fundamentally sound. They'll pressure the ball a little bit. Um, they will... Uh, seen a little bit of zone defense out of them, but nothing, nothing too fancy. Just uh, good fundamental basketball. Coach, uh, when you look at how the environment might go down on Friday night, there's expected to be a thousand people there. You alluded to it a little bit, but have the girls ever been in an environment like what we're expecting on Friday? Have you addressed that? Do you feel it needs to be addressed? They know we've, um, and you're still a little bit new to the. To the, the program up here, Tanner, but we played in a number of games uh, with a thousand plus, so it's it's really going to be nothing new. There will definitely be nerves. There's no doubt about that. I'm going to be nervous. Everybody will be nervous. If you're not nervous, there's something wrong with you. So, um, but it's not something that we really need to address. I've, I shouldn't say we shouldn't address. I've already addressed it and reminded them. Um, but when you're playing in front of that many people as a as a teenage girl, you'll be nervous. There's be nerves. Um, but it usually, as soon as the tip-off goes, you know, it's just another game, and the nerves usually go away. So, um, yeah, we'll address it. We've talked about it, but they've, they've been there before a number of times, in fact. So, um, you know, I'm just excited for the game to start. Coach, looking forward to tip-off as well. Thanks for taking the time. All right, thanks, Tanner. Kirk Corcoran, head girls basketball coach at Westwood. More after this on ESPN-UP. Crystal clear trout streams, pristine forest, and a sky so blue it hurts the eyes. We make our home in the most beautiful part of Michigan. We're Embers Credit Union. We cherish the abundance of lakes, the sound of fresh snow underfoot, waves crashing on the shore, and the crackle of an evening campfire. We also cherish the dreams and aspirations of the people who give the UP its unique character. Embers Credit Union is dedicated to fueling the passions of our members and the communities we serve. We see a world of potential in our neighbors, and we're here to provide personalized guidance, solid financial advice, and solutions to get them to the next level. What's your passion? A new home, a better vehicle, or seeing America in an RV? Together, we'll get there. Straight talk banking that matches your way of life. Let's live it up. Embers Credit Union, offices of Marquette and Nagani, and embers.org. Member NCUA, an equal housing lender. Welcome back to the ESPN UP Coaches Show. Time now to talk Nagani girls basketball with head coach Brandon Seger. Well, coach, going back to Tuesday night, you had a Gwyn team that was playing really good basketball, seven and one, and your team gets out to a hot start against them. Tell me what you guys did so well offensively, and then defensively shutting them down early on, like you did. Um, you know, offensively, we just we ran our our basic motion stuff. We didn't really call a lot of sets. Um, we had some mismatches in the post with our with our post players, um, defensively, um, you know, the girls followed our game plan and, 
and they played really hard and, and, and played very disciplined. So, you know, very proud of them. I told that to them yesterday in practice. That was proof of following the plan and playing together, communicating on the floor, and, uh, you know, it was a great first half for us. Well, then Gwen comes out, makes adjustments at halftime. They had a few runs to try and get back into it. Your team was able to fight through it, survive those. And tell me about your team's mental toughness in the second half, how you knew it was a big lead going into half and then got to stay down on top of them. Well, I mean, you know, we got a little frazzled mentally. Uh, we broke down in that third quarter. Um, we had seen their press on film. We were ready for it, but just it was like hot potato. Um, you know, and, and you know, I'll, I'll take some of the blame of that at not putting some people in the right positions to, to be in a in a spot to break that press a little bit easier. But then we got a little bit rushed. Um, we missed a few shots, um, which turned into them making a few shots, a few miscues on box outs where they get a they get a loose ball and, and you know they banked in a couple of threes and the momentum really swung. Um, Tried to kind of let them play through it. Probably should have called a timeout and not let that run get as as, long, as big as it was. But um, uh, you know, I try to let them fight and, and, and figure that stuff out just mentally. So that later on in the year, when we get in that situation, you know, they can fight through it and, and make better decisions. Well, Coach, eight and one as you near the halfway point in the season. Coming into this week, you knew you had two really good teams on the schedule in the next five days. You're halfway through that now. Has your mood changed at all from the beginning of the week to where you are now? Uh, no, you know, um, it's a tough week for us. Uh, it's exam week, so the girls are really frazzled because they put a lot of effort into their academics. And, um, you know, as we're getting near the end now, I think as of yesterday, the majority of them – were complete, but uh, the beginning of the week was was pretty high tension. We had a lot of tears in practice and whatnot, just from from anxiety of, of exams and and prepping for game and stuff like that. And, and they're tired, um, just staying up late studying. And so hopefully, as we get to the end here, we don't have school Friday, and um, we can be rested and, and mentally ready. Now that the exams gone and and uh, having a day of rest and um, you know get ready and 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 come into that Westwood game fresh. Yeah, Westwood coming up on Friday. Tell me about the Patriots fundamentally. What are you going to expect from them? Um, you know, they've got two uh, exceptional shooters in um, in Matty Koski and Tessa Lees. And, uh, you know, the one thing we you know, I pointed out to our players yesterday is they play really hard. Um, so it's to not get all worked and, and compete at the same effort level that they are. Um, you know, and then we've got some, some things planned uh, defensively for them. Um but, you know, as far as um, that game goes, it's going to come down to the little things and who plays more discipline, who gets all those 50-50 balls, who boxes out, and who hits shots. And so we're going to try to limit limit some of those things for them and, and try to capitalize on, on them for us. And um, But it's going to be a – it'll be a great battle. Um, it'll be a great Friday night. Our band will be there. It's parents' night. Um, it'll be uh, It'll be exciting. The game needs no hype. Everybody knows what happened coming into it. How are the girls feeling about it? Are they confident, want a shot at revenge? How are they feeling entering the game? You know, there might be a couple that were on last year's team that, that probably have that in the back of their mind. But for the most part, we've kind of tried to forget about last year, trying to make this year about this year's team. And, um, you know, realistically, I mean, I know it's all hyped up, and, 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 it, and it should be, um, you know, two premier teams, going head-to-head, but it's um, for us, it's game 10 on our schedule, and we're going to have 10 more after that. So, um, so you know, we're kind of taking it in stride like we do every other game, even though, um, you know, all the all the other attention is brought to it. But um, for the most part, I think they're pretty good um, about taking one game at a time and, and knowing we, they've got to see them live a few times on uh, scouting and we've got film. And um, So we know what they're about. It's, it's really going to come down on the ball is tipped, who's going to who's going to play the hardest and play the smartest. Capacity crowd of over 1,000 expected. Is your team one that thrives in an atmosphere like that? Has it been addressed, or do you feel that the atmosphere needs to be addressed? Um, no, I mean, I think I think, I think they're going to feed off of it. I mean, it, you know, our gym is a great place to play, um, and it's going to be loud in there. It's going to be a district. It's going to be a district atmosphere for sure. There's no doubt about it. So, um, you know, hopefully we can take advantage of, uh, you know, of our of uh, playing at home and, and having that crowd backing, but um, it'll be exciting for sure, and uh, you know, looking forward to it. Brandon, lastly, tell me how your JV and the lower levels of your program how they're progressing so far. 
Um, doing really well. Um, I don't. Uh, I think our JVs have one loss, or maybe uh, yeah, I can't remember exactly. But um, we've they've been nicked up a little bit, though. Um, you know, we've got a couple injuries coming even into this week. We've got one with a wrist, one with the knee getting looked at today. Um, so we've had to shuffle some freshmen up and down a little bit. Um, our freshmen played. Finally got a game in. They played Tuesday as well at Marquette and one. Um, and they play at Kingsford, I think, this Friday. Um, so they're starting to be able to chalk some games up on their schedule, um, playing good. But, um, you know, like I said, we're having to shuffle some girls back and forth a little bit just because our numbers on our JV teams are is a little low. Um, and we've ended up pulling a sophomore up to the varsity, which affected that JV squad as well. But um, they're progressing. Uh, I think this Westwood game will be a big game for our JVs. I think they're both probably leading the conference, so um, it'll, it could be a deciding game for that for them. So, um, you know, that'll be an exciting uh, matchup as well on Friday night. Brandon, as always, appreciate you taking the time. All the best moving forward. Look forward to talking again soon. Thank you very much. Let's stick with Nagani, but let's switch over to hockey. We've got Trisha Anderson on the line with us. Trisha is organizing a fundraiser for the Nagani hockey team. That is this evening from 5 to 8 at the Nagani Elks Lodge. Thanks for being here. As always, appreciate you taking the time, but tell us a little about ways the community can support the Nagani minor hockey team this evening. Well, tonight we have the spaghetti fundraiser at the Nagani Elks. It will be from 5 until 8 o'clock anybody's interested it's five dollars to get in there'll be of course spaghetti garlic bread salad and a dessert and you look around and i see there's raffle baskets door prizes silent auctions tell a little about uh what could be on display what fans might have a chance to win well the door prize is a bench that was built by eric johnson Mm. it has key on the back of it businesses that have donated gift certificates um they're going into baskets that you can buy raffle tickets for. You look around and uh, see how the community supported the Nagani minor hockey team, and you know, it's really fun to be able to see all these businesses. You've got the Gwen community, the Ishpeming community, not just Nagani, but from all around you get that community support. Tell me about some ways that the community's done that for the organization already and how that's helped build into tonight's event. Well, we get backing from Tino's and Jackson's Pit. They help us with our 50-50 raffles during our um, hockey games, home hockey games. Well, perfect. So spaghetti dinner this evening at the Nagani Elks Lodge, and you can go out and help the Nagani Miners hockey squad. $5 to get in. You've got raffle prizes, silent auction, raffle baskets, what have you. Tricia, thanks for taking the time, as always. Hoping everything goes well over there tonight. Thank you. Thank you for your support. More after this on ESPN-UP. Marquette Big Boy presents the famous Slim Jim with a twist. The Turkey Club Slim Jim features slow-roasted turkey breast, bacon, and Swiss. The Italian Slim Jim features lean ham, pepperoni, and other Italian delights. The Veggie Slim Jim has red pepper hummus, feta cheese, mushrooms, cucumbers, pepper rings, spinach, and more. On the burger menu is a classic Big Boy, but also the Ohio Big Boy with signature Ohio burger sauce. The West Coast Big Boy with red relish and mayo. The Barbecue Bacon Big Boy and Fully Loaded Big Boy, U.S. 41 Marquette. Eagle Mine is a proud supporter of local high school sports. At Eagle, safety is our number one priority for our employees and our community, and especially for our children. With school back in session, that means sharing the road with school buses. Be alert and ready to stop when you see a school bus when overhead lights or warning lights are flashing. Let's all do our part to protect our children by keeping them safe. This message is brought to you by Eagle Mine. We continue on with the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Time now to talk Gwynn Boys Basketball with head coach Jim Finkbeiner. Well, Coach, looking at your 2019 schedule to open up the year, I mean, there's no easy one in that. You've got Gladstone twice, Ishpeming, Houghton. First and foremost, though, I didn't get a chance to talk to you since. Let's go back to last week's win over Houghton, a double overtime victory. Your team scores 77, grit one out, a one-point win over a really good team that provides matchup problems. How big of a step forward was a win like that for your program? Well, I think it was a, a really good step forward for us. I mean, we've been playing pretty competitively this year, you know, and we talk about being consistent over four quarters. Well, you know, in that game we played almost six quarters. Uh, with the two overtimes, so I, you know, against a really good team, Houghton's played a really tough schedule to begin the year. So even though they were ranked and, and 
it's just highly competitive every night. And, uh, you know, to get a win uh, in double overtime uh, against a team like that, that's big for us, you know, for our program right now. So, you know, it, it allows us to continue to, to feel like, you know, we just need to keep taking those little steps forward every game. Win or lose, continue to be competitive, continue to learn. And uh, so that was, a, that was a big step for us. That was a really good win. Well, they've got two really good standouts. Certainly, Sarard with his size can be a matchup problem, especially with the way he can step out and shoot the ball. And then, but Violas is just so quick off the dribble. Was that the case for your guys, or did you seem to match up pretty well, or at least as well as you can with a team like that? No, that's a tough matchup. And, you know, the other thing is that we don't see a lot of zone uh, consistently, you know, over a whole game like Houghton plays. So that poses a whole other challenge to you. But those those two guys are the real deal. They can they can score um, from multiple places on the floor. Whether they're stepping out and shooting threes, you know, the little uh, ten twelve footers in the lane, or right to the basket with their size. So, you now they're uh, they're they're tough to match up. And you know, right now we're we're still dealing with a couple of injuries that we're we're trying to work through. And and so we're not as quite as big or physical uh, physically sized as as they are for sure. And uh, but I, you know, I thought our guys really stepped up and, and did a good team defensive job you know with those guys even though they scored a bunch of points you know we didn't allow uh the game to get out of hand we you know we hung around and and played with the lead for quite a bit and uh well that's always a good recipe well when you look at this week you knew it was going to be a tough one going into it play two really good teams lose to them by single digits gladstone on tuesday they're just going to be one of the best teams in the upper peninsula but tell me a little about that game and you end up falling 69 to 60 well, you know, playing them two times, like you said, to start the year, um, you know, we knew they were a better, better team than two and five. And, you know, they they were just trying to kind of uh, find their identity. And that's the same thing that Coach Quigley has said is, you know, just trying to find their identity with, you know, they're missing Rudy Peterson, who's a big player for them and makes a big difference. So they've had other guys, you know, step up for them to, you know, help out Reese, you know, who's just one of those, one of those guys that are one of the best players in UP. So, yeah, tough start for us. Um, you know, we didn't, uh, we didn't, we had a real tough stretch against the press for a few minutes, kind of, uh, had to regroup. And once we did, we were fine. And then it was a, you know, one point game, three point game going down to the last minute and a half. And, you know, credit to them. They made their free throws, um, and did what they had to do to win the game. But, you know, once again, we were competitive against them and much better than the first time. I mean, you know, we had a good first half against them in the first game this year, but that third quarter just killed us. And, uh, this game was a lot more competitive throughout the game. And, and you know, once again, it, a loss, you know, you don't never want to take a loss, but you can still take some good things from a loss. And we're, we're, I still think we're continuing to grow. And, you know, then you have to come in and face Ishming, who another team, you know, that had a, had a little bit of a rough start. But we knew they were better than uh, than their record showed, and they, they've showed it to everybody lately. I know beating Marquette just the other night in double overtime. Um, and then coming in here, they're, they're kind of on a roll right now. They're playing well, too. Well, you brought up Ishpeming. You played them last night, falling 56-53. to They're a team that I know they're not going to make excuses, but they were pushed back a little bit with the extended football season. Do you feel they're a team that's starting to peak at the right time? Yeah, they're, they're a different team right now than they were um, the first time we played them. Um, I think, you know, we still uh, matched up pretty well, but it, that game, you know, right now is becoming a, a little bigger rivalry game between the two schools right now and, and part of it's because of football of course uh, you know big rivals in football so um, but they're they're playing real well they're their role players are playing well and you know Sunberg at the point really makes a lot of things happen for everybody on that team you know he's hard to contain he gets into the pain he can dish he can shoot so um, you know and, and um, Jacob Kugler uh, last night stepped up and hit some big shots for them too last night so um, they're 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 an evolving team, you know. I think they were trying to find themselves, you know, and that can happen, or you know, especially when you don't get a, you know, you get a little delayed start like they have. So, like I said before, we knew that they were um, a team that's playing better, you know, uh, playing their system a little bit better, um, and we knew it was going to be a dogfight. It really was last night. It was back and forth. We had a lead. They had a lead um, right down to the bitter end, and uh, it was just a good contest. It was a lot of fun to be a part of. Jim, what positives were you able to take away from the Ishmael game last night? Well, I still think we're getting, you know, like I said, you know, and this isn't excuses. This is just, you know, uh, what we have to, what we have to deal with. And we're still missing, you know, some of our size to help Tucker. Um, you know, Tucker's our one big guy right now that, that we can count on and, you know, and, and we count on him a lot. And he got in a little bit of foul trouble last night, something that doesn't usually happen. Um, but it can. And I, I think, you know, the one thing is we had some big step, step ups, uh, from, uh, guards, you know, 
especially that's what we got. And uh, we had to play bigger guys, not just height-wise, but, but physical stature size, you know, uh, that what Ishbing has. And our guard stepped up. Um, you know, we had a couple of our sophomores that really came in and played well. I thought even though Gavin Sundberg had a really nice game, Mastin Love, you know, did a really nice job on him, just made him work for everything he had as much as he could. Um, Dawson Lawrence, once again, stepped up and played some great defense, you know, on multiple different guys. Um, so we had, you know, we had some guys, once again, that kind of broke out and, you know, just played pretty well. Uh, David Duvall last night as a sophomore once again had a great game. We got a matchup, you know, that we wanted uh, with him with his speed, and, and he took advantage of it, played with a lot of confidence. So, you know, as much as losses are tough and you don't ever want to lose a game, I mean, you're playing games to win. You, you still can take some good positives, and I think you know we're still growing as a team. We're still growing together, and you know it's five guys on the floor. And uh, as long as we continue to see that, then we're we're doing okay. Well, Jim, you have eight days off until you take the floor again when you take on Lance a week from tonight. What are you looking for out of your guys here in this break, or did this break come at a good time? Maybe try to rest and get healthy and prepare for the back end of the season. Yeah, I think this is a good, actually, good little break for us right now. You know, with uh, a couple of guys that we're waiting for to come back from injury, um, and it really being the last break for the season for us. Pretty much after this week, we go every Tuesday, Friday, right through the end of the year, um, which isn't a bad thing. You kind of get into that that repetitive. You're used to playing on a Tuesday and a Friday, and and it becomes a little consistent, which is a good thing. So, the the break for us is gonna be good. Hopefully, we can. Uh, get a little closer to getting to back to full strength. And, you know, just another uh, opportunity after a, a long stretch, a tough stretch, you know, a lot of good games, competitive, but, you know, we've lost some games here. And, we, you know, a little break will get, a, get us a, a chance to kind of focus in on a few things that we need to work on, um, give us a little time to do a few things that, you know, when you're playing Wednesday, Fridays with one game or, you know, one day between to prepare for teams, gives us a little more time to work on a few of the things that we really need to work on, whether it's just shooting, free throws, whatever happens to be. Some of the things that kind of fall by the side sometimes when you're playing so many games so fast. Well, Jim, you talked about some of the positives you've taken away lately. Four and seven heading into the back half of the season. Where do you want to see your team continue to excel and grow? Well, I really like, uh, you know, I really like the fact that we're playing four quarters and we're doing it consistently. You know, that's a big thing is to be consistent for us and, I talked about uh, you know with our coaches too, just about you know where we're where we're headed and our consistency is getting better. We're playing you know competitive basketball against really good teams, um, but now now we have to get you know just that one more step. We need that one more step to be a little more disciplined, execute what we do a little bit better. Because um, what it comes down to now, you know, I think more than anything, which is a good thing for us because we're not talking about big things. It's the little things, you know, the box out, all five guys boxing out. Um, you know, getting stops on the defensive end are always important, but you're going to have five guys on that same page. And, you know, if you get a team to take a tough shot, you need to get that rebound. And it's just those little things, even on offense, you know, executing better with our screens and, and our cuts and our passes. Those little things in a game like, for instance, last night, the three-point game, those things can cost you. So I think that's our biggest focus is we have to, you know, between now and the end of the year, we have to become better at executing what we do uh, and stay competitive. Well, Jim, lastly, district pairings and assignments came out this week. Give me your thoughts on heading to District 66 in Manistee. Well, it doesn't get any easier any year. Um, you know, we've traditionally been in a four-team district, and now we add in, you know, two other teams. Uh, so now you have a non-traditional, and we're going to, you know, our draw becomes Park River Harris, who, you know, we don't play during the regular season. So that's somebody that, that's going to be a lot different for us to look at. We're going to have to try to get some film. Um and, you know, against a, a opponent that we haven't seen much. So, um, and then you have all the traditional teams, the Westwoods, the Ghanis, Ishmings, and now we throw Manistique in with us, who's, you know, much improved team. So, uh, our district, I think, is as tough as ever. Um, and it's, but at the same point, it's wide open. You know, it, it's going to have to really come down to, you know, what team really wants it more, who prepares well, uh, better, and then who executes better. So I think, uh, I think that district, uh, which it's a good thing, you know, competitiveness and, and that type of thing is uh, going to prepare you only better for you know, not just on the basketball floor but life. So uh, it's going to be a tough district. I think, you know, everybody's got a shot, but um, it's going to be tough. Glenn Boys basketball coach Jim Finkbeiner, guest on the ESPN UP Coaches Show. As always, Jim, appreciate you taking the time. All the best. Looking forward to talking again soon. All right, Tanner. Thanks a lot. Appreciate your time and what you do for everybody. 
ESPN-UP, Tanner Hoops with you. Our guest is Michigan University men's hockey head coach Mel Pearson. Coach, thanks so much for taking the time being on air with us. Chance to talk about Tanner Caro, Hancock native, a guy that you had the opportunity to coach up at Michigan Tech. He's made his way back to the NHL. He got the call up yesterday with the Vancouver Canucks. First and foremost, tell me a little about him as a player, what he brings to the ice. Yeah, thanks, Tanner. Thanks for having me on. But uh, obviously I was excited and uh, and happy for Tanner to hear the news that he did get called back up. But uh, I'm not surprised. Um, You know, he's a tremendous hockey player. He was uh, obviously a great player. And you don't use that word lightly. A great player for us at Michigan Tech, obviously. WCHA Player of the Year, leading scorer, outstanding student athlete, senior athlete. So um, he's the the complete package. Uh, You know, he's a great person. Uh, tremendous work ethic, and then obviously he's a good hockey player. And uh, I remember earlier in the year when Vancouver talked to me a little bit about Tanner because they were making a trade and just wanted to know a little bit about him. And uh, I couldn't say enough good things for Tanner, and I told him it would be a real asset for uh, their organization. So, um, so I'm glad Tanner's got the, the chance to get back up. And that's that's the thing you have to understand about Tanner. Uh, obviously he got sent down, but he's the kind of guy that – um, you know, wouldn't sulk or feel sorry for himself. He just continued to work hard to try to get back up to the, the NHL, and, uh, and and good for him. 43 games with Utica this year at the AHL level. He was second on the team in goals with 16, 36 points. He was tied for the team lead in assists. But what makes him such a special player is how good he was on the other end as a forward. Where does he compare to some of the two-way forwards that you've had the chance to coach before? Yeah, that's a good point. He's very versatile. And, uh, you know, I had a guy named Johnny Madden, John Madden, who played uh, for me at Michigan, who uh, obviously went on to win the Selkie Trophy as, you know, the best defensive forward in the NHL. And, um, you know, John was a heck of a hockey player. And, and Tanner has a lot of those same attributes that, that John did. And it, it all starts just with your your work ethic and your acceptance to play a role and play for the team. And, I think that what that's what really sticks out about Tanner is he's willing to do the dirty work, uh, maybe you know not get the headlines, but uh, find a way to help his team win. And if that's defensively, so be it. Uh, he can do that because of his skill set, and obviously just because of his mental makeup. Mel, what about the team that he's coming into, the opportunity that he has with a new-look Vancouver squad? The Sedins are out. You have the resurgence of a young group, guys like Brock Besser coming up. Is this about as opportune team as any for Tanner to get his, uh, hopefully his permanent start in the NHL? Yeah, I think so, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, they've got a youth movement going on in Vancouver. and uh, We here at Michigan have Quinn Hughes, who they picked seventh overall last year. That You know, we've had a lot of conversations with them about uh, Quinn being there um, sooner to, rather than later. But uh, And they told me, you know, they're, they're making a youth movement. Uh, you know, they're willing to... Uh, move, you know, and retire some some older guys just to make sure that they can start this. And uh, it's a great opportunity for Tanner. And it, like I said, and, and you mentioned, it's a it's a young team there with an organization that's starting fresh and building towards the future. So I think it's a, a great opportunity for Tanner. Um, you know, whether he sticks there the remainder of the year or not, I think it's great that he's getting called up and they get a, a good look at him. And, and they're right in the hunt for the playoffs too, which. Uh, you know, Travis Green, their coach, has done a tremendous job there with uh, all the young players he has on the team. Now, when you had Tanner at Michigan Tech, when did you start noticing that this guy has the skill set that can really translate to the NHL? That, you know, it, you, you could tell he could skate, and he worked, and a good team player. You know, you just weren't sure about the offensive uh, part of, you know, of his game because he'd never – Yes, maybe in high school he had been a big-time scorer, but junior hockey he wasn't that big a scorer in the USHL. But that came along. He developed that part of his game and obviously went on to lead our, our league in scoring. And uh, I would say probably in sophomore year you got you got a feel. And I've coached over 100 guys that have played in the National Hockey League, so I've been around a lot of them. And, and I think during that year you could see uh, you know some of the things he could do and then as you got to know him and know his mental makeup and his mental toughness and his, his desire and his will and his want to be, you know, a very good hockey player, then you knew he had a chance. You know, a lot of times you can see the, the, the physical skill. It's just that, that mental toughness and that makeup that 
that can make a difference between uh, making that jump or not. Well, Coach, you talked about this is nothing new for you, sending guys on to the NHL, but how special is it every time you see one of your alum make it to the big stage? Well, it's awesome. and It's, it's, it's great, and I feel so happy for Tanner and uh, you know his family and, and just the opportunity that he's going to get. And uh, I know in the Copper Country, and especially Hancock, Holden area, that uh, you know, they're so proud of him. And, uh, and he, he does it the right way. If, if you know Tanner, he's a, he's a wonderful person. He's just a tremendous young man. And, and you always like to see uh, good things happen to good people. And uh, I, I'm just so happy for him, like I said, and his family and the community. And he's, he's a great role model for a lot of young people and a lot of people in that area. Do you still keep contact with a lot of the guys you send on to the next level? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I do. It's, it's, it's fun to... Uh, uh, to bump into them or to, you know, chat with them or when they get traded, just to send them a, a text to say, hey, keep going and whatnot. So and I've been able to stay in touch with Tanner. And uh, I know when, when he got traded to Vancouver from Chicago, I, I reached out to him and uh, let him know that I had talked to Vancouver and there's a reason they traded for him and just to go down if he was down and work hard and then just ready to get, you know, just get ready for that next opportunity. Now looking at your season this year, I mean, you guys have been – Pretty upset-minded throughout. Went to Notre Dame and knocked them off on New Year's, coming off an upset win against Ohio State. But tell me a little about some ways that you want to see your team improve here coming off the bye week. Yeah, we have to be a lot more consistent, Tanner. You're right. We we, we seem to be playing to our competition right now. When we have big games, we get up for them, and maybe we overlook some of the other opponents we're playing. And, uh, that's not a good uh, recipe to, to have long-term success. So uh, we have to play a lot better. Um, excuse me, a lot more consistent play, uh, you know, against anyone we play because anyone can beat us. And I think there's so much parity in college hockey that anybody can beat you and, and you can beat anybody on a given night. But we have to find that consistency. And I think we turned the corner a little bit here, start of the new year. I like where our team is headed in the direction of the players and, and how they're working on the ice. So uh, we have a chance. And the Big Ten right now is so tight from – in really first place to last place, everybody's bunched in there within, I think, 10 points. So it's going to be uh, quite a finish in the Big Ten, and uh, we have a chance. We just have to play uh, consistent on a nightly, nightly basis. Talk with Mel Peterson, head hockey coach at the University of Michigan. Coach, how are you spending the bye week as you get set for a really high-powered offense that Penn State will throw at you? Yeah, it's it's uh, we we call it a, a learning week and an improvement week, uh, and we've worked hard. I give our, our guys a lot of credit because uh, it, it can be hard when you don't have games for a while just to keep that intensity in practice. And uh, we we've just taken uh, the opportunity this week to work on our special teams, spend more time. You don't feel as rushed, or you're not worried about you know the guys maybe getting as tired. So we spent more time on the ice, uh, working on some systems, and then. Some individual things. We've broken it down, and certain individuals have areas they need to work on, so we've taken more time with that. And, uh, it's been a good week so far, and we've got a couple days left, and we're going to try to create some game-like situations uh, today and tomorrow. Um, just make sure we stay sharp for Penn State, because you're right, they're a heck of a hockey team. Now, when you look around the Big Tens, anything surprise you? Anything jump out to you? Are things starting to play out the way maybe you thought they would? Well, I'm a little surprised by Notre Dame. You know, they're one game under 500 in the league, but they've lost three in a row here, and then the injury bug has hit them. Um, other than that, I think everything has played out. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of talent. Uh, you know, there's, there's great coaches in the league, so it's 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 a battle every night, and um, I, I think you'll see more of that for sure in our league going forward. And uh, it's a great league. Um, you know, great schools, a lot of great players. Uh, so it's a lot of fun, but it's a, it's a challenge, too. Mel, thanks so much for taking the time, as always. Maybe we'll have you on again here soon, but all the best the rest of this way. Absolutely, Tanner, and I appreciate you uh, highlighting the uh, former uh, UP player that's uh, you know getting a good opportunity here. So thank you very much. Mel Pearson, head hockey coach at the University of Michigan. More after this on ESPN-UP. Econo Foods is proud of its student-athletes that play for their schools and communities. They see their work ethic not only on the field of play, but also in their stores throughout the Upper Peninsula. The combination of academics, athletic skill, and a willingness to work hard makes them winners. Econo Foods salutes you. Sports and athletic competition bring out the best in our communities, and we want you to know we appreciate your efforts. Good luck this year to the Redmen and Redettes, the Miners, the Hematites, the Patriots, 
the Model Towners, the Hawks, the Mustangs, and all the parents and fans. Here at True North Federal Credit Union, we want to teach kids how to save responsibly right from the get-go. That's why we offer the Kirby Kangaroo Club to ages 0 through 12. The Kirby Kangaroo Club teaches kids how to save responsibly by offering them a punch for every $5 deposited into their account. They can then redeem those punches for fabulous prizes. We also offer the Claim Your Youth program to ages 13 through 17. The Claim Your Youth program teaches teens how to save responsibly by offering prizes for net deposits into their account. It's all available at True North Federal Credit Union. Member NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. We continue on ESPN-UP speaking with Ishpeming Boys head coach Anthony Katona. His team back to 500 after two thrilling victories this week. Anthony, seems like your team's taking a huge step forward. I know you guys don't want to use anything from football saying you got pushed back a week as an excuse, but, I mean, it delays the process, and it really seems like you guys are coming to your own right now. Tell me about how this week went and maybe how big of a stepping stone it is for you. You know, uh, starting with that first game this week, the uh, one of the best teams, you know, we're going to face all year, and coming out with a victory like that poses, uh, you know, great confidence for our team going forward. I think that was, you know, a good stepping stone going and showing that we are doing the right things and preparing and executing in practice and shows we can win big games like that. The Marquette matchup, you won in double overtime. First and foremost, I mean, they put on a little bit of a size mismatch. They can create some matchup problems for you. How did you overcome maybe some of the size they throw at you? Um, you know, just kept it intense and, um, you know, just I think we executed well what we uh, do well as a team. Um, you know, the first half I think we only turned the ball over one time. Uh, we didn't give them any, you know, looks, uh, you know, off the fast break um, the first you know, two and a half quarters, they they started ramping up the pressure a little bit late in the game and um, turned the ball over a little bit. But, you know, the nerves were there, or the kids were excited with you know the, the game and how well they're doing against such a you know great great team that Marquette is. Um, but to overcome that uh, adversity that we did and come out with a, a win, you know, showed that our kids can excel and uh, compete at a high level. How about the free throw shooting here this week down the stretch? How's that look from the bench? Um, you know, it's you like to you know be prepared in any situation. I, I think we did pretty well as a team. We shoot pretty well as a team. Um, we've we've missed a few free throws uh, late in the game where I'd wish you know they'd go in. Missing you know the, the first one of a one and one. That's you know leaving an extra free throw at the line. Um, but as a team, our free throw percentage is, is not too bad. I think we were just over 65, 66% overall. Um, but just converting those late in the game is, is huge going forward. You look at last night's game against Gwynn, a team that beat you the first time around. What adjustments did you make on them this time? Um, you know, the first time we played them, I think we gave them too many open looks from the three-point line. Um, you know, not many threes were made in last night's game. I think three from us and then three from them. Uh, so doing that and making them uh, finish at the rim uh, was one of the key things. Uh, you know, our help side wasn't great last night. Team help wasn't great. Uh, but, you know, going down there and coming out with a win is, is never easy, and it's it's great going forward. You start to feel like a rivalry's budding a little bit more between Ishpeming and Gwynn? Um, yeah, a little bit, you know, they, they definitely have some, some athletes now, um, you know, the last, the years before, you know, the last couple of years they've been excelling a little more with basketball and football, and before that they struggled for quite some time, um, but, you know, it's not as much of a rivalry as it is with, uh, cross towns like Nagani and Westwood, but, um, there's definitely a little bit there, and, you know, the Gwen always tries to put together their best game against us. You look at some of the things your team did fundamentally this week. What are some things that you liked out of your squad here over the past couple of games that you want to build on into the second half of the season? Uh, a couple things that I really saw that I liked was uh, getting after it and getting on the floor. I think loose balls, we're getting more of those conversions as in the beginning of the season. I think the opposing team was. Um, they were converting on those. Uh but that and securing rebounds, I think we're doing a little better 
um, and decreasing our turnovers. I mean, those if you win the turnover and rebounding battle, there's a pretty good chance that you come out with a victory. And a monster game from Darius on Tuesday. Do you feel like he's starting to peak at the midway point of the season? Yeah, I think he finally sees uh, what really needs to be done and where he uh, can succeed on the floor. Um, you know, hopefully it just keeps progressing as the season goes. Um, you know, it's, if he's playing well, I think the whole team is going to be playing well. So it's, it's, uh, I think it's a key component of our team going forward. When you look at some of the things that have uh, occurred with your team this year and the way the season's gone, does your team feel like that they've taken a big step forward this week, or what's the mood in the locker room? Um, you know, all the kids are, are excited and anxious um, to get moving here with the season. Um, I think, like I said, I think we're progressing well. Uh, spirits are high right now, and, you know, we're just, we're just taking one game at a time. Um, you know, Gladstone uh, converted with a last buzzer beater shot to beat us the first game of the season. Um, you know, there's a little redemption and payback that the kids want to, they want to come out focused and ready to play and uh, get out with a, another win next Tuesday. So, uh, you know, like I said, spirits are high and you know, they're ready to compete. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because they will be next on your schedule. Since that opening night loss to them where they came back and one right before the final buzzer. Have you guys kind of had that one circled, getting ready for a little bit of a revenge match against them? Well, yeah, you don't like to really look for or uh, look too far down the road uh, with that schedule. I mean, it's, it's, there's there's a lot of good teams that we're playing. I think it's you know pretty more balanced this year as it has been in the in the past with teams. Um, but yeah, anytime you lose at a you know, at the buzzer from the three-point shot, um, the kids are are anxious to get back on the floor against them. Have you got any film on Gladstone, or are they any different since you saw them a few months ago? Yeah, you know, they're a little bit different. I, I think they played a pretty good game against us. Um, they've been playing pretty well. I think uh, four or five games they've won in a row now. Um, I've watched them a couple times. Uh, you know, I got some film on them, and you know they're they're going to look to push the ball, uh, but I think our our speed can keep up with them, and you know they're going to look to get Caster uh, in the open court and push the ball with him, and they do that really well, and they have been the last few games, and you see the outcomes with these with these wins that they're getting. So those are a couple things that we're going to have to stop against them. And I know you don't want to overlook anybody, but at what point do you start preparing for Hope in a team that's maybe surprised a lot of people? Well, you know, we, we only got one game next week versus Gladstone, so I guess that's just about a week to prepare for Hope. Um, you know, I've watched them as well a couple times. Uh, you know, Coach Watson does a good job up there um, prepping this team. They, they have two really solid guards. Um, you know, we're just going to have to focus on on those two, making sure they don't get to their sweet spots in the floor, um, and then take care of the ball against their zone. You know, they, they really hustle hard on the defensive end, and they don't give you any second-chance points, that's for sure. Well, Anthony, what's going to be your challenge to the guys? What are you going to lay before them that you want to build on in the second half of the year, maybe get a little momentum going into the tournament? You know, like I said, just one game at a time, but um, staying, staying prepared and um, and focused is, is the key thing with such a long season, um, you know, and, and being together as a team, uh, just having each other's backs is, is one other aspect that you like to see in a team. And I think we, we do a good job that, with that. And, uh, you know, not, I think we have a really well-rounded team with not just our starting five but our bench players coming off as well. Well, Anthony, the district assignments and pairings were released this week. You guys are heading to Manistique, District 66. Tell me your thoughts on your six-team district. Um, it's nice to see, um, you know, more than just four teams in the district. Uh, you know, we, we have uh, a bye for the first round, uh, so we're going to be playing uh, the winner of Gwyn and Port uh, River. So, you know, we'll go down there and watch that game and, we're going to be playing at whoever wins. Uh, so it's a, it's a non-typical district. So we'll be playing at our River or Gwynn, whoever wins that game. And, um, and I, I hope we're continue to progress as the season and should be ready for that district. 
Well, certainly when you throw the buy in there, it's going to be different. But how do you approach that from a coaching standpoint differently, uh, aside from the buy where you have a 16 district instead of four? Um, you know, it makes it a little harder to uh, prep for all the teams, but um, it's it's just one of those things you just you just got to coach through and get those kids together and you know prep for certain situations come down the road, and it, it comes down to it like I've said a couple times already that we just got to take uh, one game at a time. It'll be you know especially if Park River comes out and, and beats Quinn, you know that's a team that we haven't seen all year. Um, I was able to watch them one game this season. Um, you know, they look tough. They, they're scrappy. Um, but, you know, if we first Gwen, we've seen, we've seen them twice already. And, you know, it's going to be another, I think, another scrappy and heck of a game. That's for sure. Anthony, as always, appreciate you taking the time. All the best the rest of this year. Look forward to talking again soon. Thank you. Anthony Katona, head boys basketball coach at Ishpeming. More after this on ESPN-UP. Dave's Collision in Ishpeming specializes in scratch and dent repair as well as other major collision repairs, including metalwork, painting, and collision-related mechanical work. Dave's uses quality Exalta paint to ensure a clean, shiny, color-matched finish. With over 26 years of experience, Dave, with the help of his qualified staff, has the knowledge to restore your vehicle to pre-accident condition. Make the right decision. Choose Dave's Collision. Call 485-1211. That's 485-1211. You don't just want your bank to be a place where you park your money. You want it to be your partner in putting your money to work for you. At MBank, we believe in the power of exceptional banking products and services delivered by friendly, experienced people. Community-focused, client-driven. That's our commitment to you. It's about supporting our communities. It's about empowering our clients to make sound financial decisions. It's about being your financial partner. Make the move to MBank today. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. We continue on the ESPN-UP Coaches Show, speaking with Marquette boys basketball coach Brad Nelson, his team 8-3. and three. Well, Coach, a little bit of a break for your squad. You get a week off to prepare for Houghton, but going back to Tuesday night, a heartbreaker at Ishmaving falling in double overtime. Give me your thoughts on that game now that you've had a little time to digest. Um, you know, we spent quite a bit of time looking at that game, and uh, we didn't play hard enough for three quarters, and you know we obviously made our comeback in the fourth quarter. But that's you know the the type of energy that we needed in the first three quarters, um, and we didn't we just didn't produce it. And you know it's one of those things that you can reflect on. You look back on it with your team, and it's a good lesson for them. Um, as far as you know, every single night you got to you bring your A game, not only with. You know the talent that we have, but you, more importantly, you have to bring your effort. And my, on, on Tuesday, we just didn't didn't have the effort, and um, I kind of had a feeling in the back of my mind that it wasn't going to happen uh, sooner than later. And um, you know, I think hopefully the message got through to these guys. We've had a couple better practices yesterday. We look forward to another one today, and uh, learn from it mid-season. A lot of teams are kind of going through that. You know, you're going to get clipped at one point, and hopefully, you can learn from it. Well, when you uh, were able to make your comeback, what tweaks, adjustments, what have you, did you make in the game plan to allow your guys to start coming back? Um, we just applied more ball pressure. Um, you know, if you, no matter who you're playing, if you play off the ball five feet and let them set up their stuff and, and be comfortable and get to their spots on the floor, it's really hard to defend. But, um, you know, our philosophy is don't let teams do that. And for the first three quarters, we were just, letting Ishpeming dictate what they wanted to do, and, and that's not a recipe for success, and, you know, that's a large part in why we lost. When you look ahead, uh, you talked about how this maybe was a little bit of a wake-up call for your guys, and they've seemed to respond to the message and what have you. What are some things that you're seeing out of your seniors, your captains, that give you the message that they understand they need to put the effort going forward? Uh, when you when you see these guys in practice diving after loose balls, um, you know yesterday was a pretty chippy practice, which is good. Um, you know the message I have to those guys or to my guys is, is to hold each other accountable. You know if you don't if you're the one person out on the court not doing your job, um, I don't know how you how you live with yourself when you you're letting the four other guys down uh, that are doing their job. So it's just you know accountability and you know. <clears throat> doesn't have to come from me all the time, but hold each other accountable. Um, if you don't box out, if you don't slide in to stop penetration, you know, the list goes on and on. But 
if you don't do your job individually, you're letting not only the four people out on the court with you down, but you're letting the other guys on the bench down. So that's kind of been the message, and yesterday was an outstanding practice, and like I said, we look forward to another one today. Well, Coach, unbeaten in the conference, still in first place, a game ahead of Escanaba. Give me your thoughts on the great Northern Conference and how things are shaking out. Well, it's it's going to come. It's going to be a dogfight in the end. Watch Gladstone uh, last night playing Nagani, and they're playing really well. Um, Escanaba is always scary. We got to go down there and play Escanaba. Um, their length, their size, possess. You know, they give they give some fits to teams. Kingsford is a capable team. They can knock you off at any point. Um, and then Menominee, we have to go down to Menominee, who who played played us tough up here. So, you know, we still got four games. In our conference, that we got to uh, take care of business. Three of them are on the road, um, but you know, it starts next week with Houghton. We have to go up to Houghton, and we play Kingsford on Thursday. So, you know, we'll we'll look at Houghton. I got a few films of them in their zone that they're running, and you know, hopefully, we can go up there and, and produce a better product out on the floor than we did last Tuesday. But um, yeah, we got a long stretch ahead of us. Hey, you talk about Houghton, and they're on the upcoming schedule. I know talking to a lot of the coaches that play Houghton in conference play is they don't see a whole lot of zone, and Houghton loves to run that zone and throw some different looks at you. Do you see a little bit more playing the schedule that you do, maybe in the conference that you do? Uh, we really don't see much zone um, at all. You know, once in a while teams will come out and just kind of, you know, Menominee ran one against us, but... We have three or four films of Houghton and their defense, and um, there's there's some holes in it. And you know we got to get into those gaps and, and try to penetrate and dish. And, and you know we'll pick it a little bit uh, here and there, but um, you just got to be patient. Wait for them to overplay something and then attack it. And hopefully some help comes. You can dump it off for an easy layup. But definitely have to be patient against it. And hopefully we play with enough defensive pressure that we can pick up the pace of the game and maybe get a few more possessions. Well, Brad, what's something fundamentally that your team is doing really well through the halfway point of the year, and what's going to be your challenge to them to improve on? Um, <clears throat> good question. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of things that we need to get better at. Um, we're going to try to open things up a little bit, but um, we're doing a better job of, of reading screens, um, reading how the defense is, is defending those screens and doing the right thing. Um, you know, our three-point shooting has got to improve. Uh, we've got to get some more shots from some certain players, and, you know, that's something that we're going to address, you know, today, Sunday, Monday. Um, but just the – they're all around great basketball players, great athletes. Um, and, you know, obviously with Marius, he's the focal point, and teams are starting to key in on him. So we're, we're looking at other players to step up and make some plays, and, you know, that's going to be our emphasis in this last stretch of the year. Coach, how about your junior varsity and some of the lower levels of your program? How are they progressing this season? They're impressive. Uh, the JV team has a lot of tough kids. They're talented. Um, you know, saw a ton of improvement with that team over the course of the summer from their freshman to JV season. Uh, so we're looking forward to that group coming in, and then our freshman class is an outstanding. They're talented. They're athletic. They're big. Uh, so we're looking forward to, you know, those groups progressing through the program and, and getting up to the varsity level and, you know, continue what we've established over the last 10 to 15 years as we're a tough program. And we look forward to that group getting better. Um, and like I said, they're only freshmen. They're, you know, they're 14, 15-year-old kids, so who knows how they're going to develop physically. But from the looks of it, we're looking forward to how big they are in athletic and, you know, good things are, are to come. Brad, uh, district assignments and pairings came out this week. Give me your thought on uh, your postseason path. Well, you know, one out of every six years, I believe, one out of every seven years, we're fortunate to host. You know, that means the other six years we're traveling every year. So it's nice to be able to host the game on Monday night. Traverse City Central's coming up, and, you know, we, we got beat by three when we played down in Traverse City. So, Hopefully them getting on a bus and traveling six, seven hours up here to play on our court is a huge advantage for us. Um, <clears throat> but they're a good team. They're long. They're your typical Traverse City team. They're long. They're athletic. Um, got good players. They've got a really good point guard in Schwanicke. So, <clears throat> you know, we're gathering some film on them. 
And then I can't remember, I think we might play Alpina if we were fortunate to win on Monday, but we're going to have to play an A game on Monday uh, to take care of business against Traverse City Central. But, you know, winning a Class A district is no walk in the park. You have six quality teams that you got to battle. Um, and when you do win a Class A district, uh, it's quite the honor, and that's something that we're looking forward to. But, you know, we got some things to improve on before that, and, I, you know, I think we're taking steps in the right direction. Brad, as always, appreciate you taking the time. All the best this year. Look forward to talking again soon. Okay, thank you, Tanner. Brad Nelson, head boys basketball coach at Marquette. That's it for us on the ESPN-UP Coaches Show. Thanks for tuning in on ESPN-UP, WZAM, Ishpeming Marquette.